Hello and welcome to NFT. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. Really excited to get into this episode where I'm joined by Silence, who is the founder of CyberTribe. We're going to talk about what it's like to participate in the Web3 world uh, in Asia and what his life is like as a founder and builder in India. Um, we're going to talk about CyberTribe as well. So without further ado, let's hear from our sponsors, Vinavest, and then we'll get going with Silence of CyberTribe. Here we go. Fine wine has long been a cornerstone of wealth generation and preservation. The problem? Historically, it's been reserved for the ultra-wealthy. Vinovest is changing that. If you know me, you know I'm always looking for the next big player in the industry. I was amazed at how easy it was to get started in diversifying your investment portfolio. Wine has one-third the volatility of the stock market and has outperformed the global equities market over the past 30 years with 10.6% annualized returns proving that the returns can be as robust as your favorite red. Vinovest makes it easy to acquire new investments equipped with a team of world-class sommeliers who evaluate wine and determine which ones will gain value over time. You own the wines in your portfolio outright. You can buy, sell, and even drink them whenever you want. Go to zen.ai slash nfteach to receive two months of fee-free investing on Vinovest. Be sure to mention that NFTeach is helping you save on two months of management fees. It's time to start investing with Vinovest today. Joining me on the Aspen NFT guest line is none other than Silence. Silence, how are you today? I'm great. Uh, thank you for uh, having me here today. No, no, it's my pleasure. Uh, Silence, you are, I, I met you through Desert Minter, uh, part of the Elven community. You are quite the capable EV player in your own right. So you're a solid gamer. Um, but, you know, one of the, you are working with Cyber Tribe, which is really, really, really dope. And we were playing around with it before we got rolling. So why don't you describe to the audience what Cyber Tribe is? So uh, CyberTribe is like a, uh, like a uh, metaverse platform where uh, you can create your own gallery. And actually, it takes you less than a minute to create a gallery. And uh, then you will have a link which you can share uh, in order to um, like show your NFTs to people. And uh, I mean, uh, this is more fun way to show the NFTs rather than having a, just a Web2 page where you will just show the NFTs in like raw pages. So yeah, that's where we come in. Yes. And uh, that that's some of the things that I would highlight as well is that like, it's really easy to use. It's drag and drop, connect your wallet really easily. Okay, Silence. So we've both spent uh, quite a deal, quite a, a large amount of time in Asia. I lived there for six years. You currently live in India. So you're an Asian resident also. What are some of the ways that the Asian NFT community and market is unique in your opinion? Yeah. So uh, there are a few things uh, which I want you to first understand that um, when you uh, when you have a game and you uh, when you have to buy a skin in it, it's like a very new concept itself in India. And, uh, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's at least now mainstream in uh, Western market that, you know, buying a skin is a good thing or like buying a skin is a mainstream thing. But even that has not come to uh, Asian, uh, Asian market yet. So, uh, you know, uh, 
because you know this is the easiest way to explain even in western market if you want to explain someone what nft is then you can have this example but you know uh, in asia you can you can't even have this uh, example so i'm just uh, letting you know how you know far behind the asian market is in terms of uh, in terms of uh, like understanding the nft uh the the so silence let's stay there for a second um so i think that's a really interesting point to start with which is nfts are meant for human beings that have disposable income and can afford to spend whatever obscene amount on an nft let alone the transaction fees that are associated with ethereum so you know like I think that um, Americans, I would say right now, are very much paycheck to paycheck and not necessarily operating from this like, you know, everyone has disposable income stance. But like, I I do think there is a reality to like life in Asia. You know, I spent a lot of time in Nepal. I spent time in India where like um, uh, the Philippines and Thailand, where like the value of the dollar against their currency against your currency is a very different situation. So yeah, the idea of spending 50, 60, a hundred, $1,000 us mm-hmm. on, uh, on a NFT is really, really foreign to most Americans, but you know, what percentage of people that you're friends with are able to like, just drop that sort of coin, you know, in, in on an NFT. Yeah, so actually, uh, this is a very interesting question because uh, now when you're asking, uh, I think only my online friends who are from the Western side are the ones who are actually owning NFT. I don't know anyone um, in real life like uh, around me who are into NFT. In fact, like um, uh, more more likely if you let uh, someone know, uh, I was just talking to my friend, uh, to be honest, the other day and uh, he's still uh, into this uh, into this thought process that it's going to fail sooner or later now we are into this that's why uh, we know that uh, there are a lot of things which which it's solving but if there's some guy who is uh, you know who is non it plus like you know it's a very hard thing uh, itself to explain this so um, i mean yeah I, I, so so okay so you know m- most so how do you think that mass adoption will happen in Asia? What do you think that 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 looks like? And how could it happen? Because I think we're both saying that the likelihood that even in the US that mass adoption happens with Ethereum at these prices with gas fees is low. How do you see mass adoption occurring in in the Asian market? I think the I think the uh, easiest way to uh, go through this is that uh, uh when uh, you know when someone will see um, someone around them who is making uh, something i think that would be one thing but uh, that's uh, highly unlikely uh, the second thing is that uh, um, the the youth of uh, actually i'm just uh, representing the youth of india so I'm, that's what i'm saying that you know youth of india is actually now in uh, many games because of the whole uh, the whole data thing like now data is very affordable so now actually some people are, uh, you know, buying game skins. So I think that is the one thing. I mean, when people will realize later on that they can buy the skin, but they can't sell it. They will be diverse, like, and on other hand, we, we have the skins on EV.io and uh, we have, uh, you know, we can sell it. So, you know, when that kind of example will, you know, pop in front of people, that would be one thing. Uh, and the other thing also, 
that the when the artistic people like the 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 famous artistic people uh, when they will mainstream this i think uh, that would be a huge explosion uh, in the nft market for asia yeah but but even the skin example yeah you know an ev skin i bought mine soul at that point was like i think 50 dollars a a token I think I spent maybe 150 US on that on my first EV skin, which from an Ethereum perspective is nothing, right? Like yeah. that's not a lot. But from uh, uh, a game perspective, I mean, that is like, you know, you could essentially buy a Xbox One for however much. So, so like, you know, I, I do think there's a, there's still not a mass affordability yet. Mm -hmm. And so I, I sort of wonder if it's going to take a game like Fortnite where yeah. everyone plays it to be yeah. that barrier where, and, and, and it is something that we talk about that like uh, it, it, the, the talk that I'm doing at NFT London is like just encouraging people to stop talking about NFT gaming, stop saying it uh -huh. and okay. just bake it into the infrastructure of how the game works, like what EV does, because you know, no one needs to know that's what it is. They just want to own their stuff. And if you can provide that experience. Um, and the other thing I would say is that there, there was an MMORPG I used to play called League of Kingdoms, uh -huh, uh -huh. where you it was kind of like a farming game. You would mine your resources and then you would have your kingdom. Well, you could also take those resources that you mined and package them as an NFT and then sell them. Um, which was a cool way to generate sort of a, a passive income as well. So, yeah, I, I think that the cost is still too high. I think for even, I, I mean, a Fortnite skin for my son is $9 US. Okay. I, I mean, that that compared to even EV, which is, I think, pretty affordable for an NFT, you know, NFT within a video game is still, you know, much, much higher than that. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 what's your, what's your take silence on play to earn and, and are people in India, are they, are they playing play to earn mm -hmm. games yet? Mm -hmm. Is that a thing? Um, what's sort of the perspective there on all of that? Yeah. So actually, you know, uh, from, um, so what, uh, how I'm seeing is, uh, this is that from the moral perspective, you know, uh, the play to one game actually, you know, is not, uh, you know, sounds very morally right to many people, I would say. Because, uh, you know, um, I remember uh, growing up, even playing cards was not very a good thing because, you know, people make money or like, you know, they bet money, right? So uh, I really think that uh, the play to one kind of thing is a little hard to uh, get in. But, uh, uh, but uh, uh, now uh, more than ever, people are actually aware of, uh, you know, like, so like you have said that uh, your son will buy a $9 a fortnight skin and uh, he will he will he or she, uh, she will might uh, use it so uh, the, uh, when people will understand that you know that that nine dollar will never be going to make money you know i mean that kind of realization is only uh, uh the and you way. can't even get it back so when my son yeah. gets sick of fortnite and wants to, to move everything into right. valorant right. i can't just like cash out all of the skins that we spent and then move them to this other game that money's right. dead money it's gone. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I, I mean, I really think that uh, um, this is a very right time uh, for Steam to uh, get into this because, uh, I mean, uh, but I, I think you know this is what Steam is never been promoting. Uh, you can't, you know, if, even you, you, if if you have a game, you can't send the game to other person, right? So actually, this 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 shows how 
much they are anti to this fact that uh, people can uh, share the same game or something uh, skin is a, a still a far thing uh, i would say so yeah that, that, that's a big deal so it's, uh, it seems like gaming is going to be the mass adoption avenue, yeah. in your opinion. Yeah. Uh, now, w- one of the things that you're doing with CyberTribe, which again, very cool, um, you know, metaversal gallery for your NFTs. I'm definitely going to create one and, and put a link into the show notes so people can see it and play around with it. Um, one of the things that we were discussing is like, as a founder, you have to work way harder because you are based in Asia and the perception of, of many people in the West is that where a lot of scams start and the NFT yeah. space is Asia. So talk, talk about that from a founder's perspective on, on kind of how you feel in terms of the, the way you have to fight to prove that you're here with good intentions versus, you know, a, a Western person who creates an app, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, that's a that's a very huge question. I would say, first of all, that the problem is that uh, see, the rug pulls are uh, actually you know very common in Western uh, market itself. So you know, absolutely. Uh, oh, and and in the Western market, they they rug you and then they show up and then just drop another project in a day. Yes. With yes. with their their same Twitter handle. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, correctly. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so, you know, West, uh, uh, even, you know, in West, people are not trusting to the Western folks. So, you know, uh, you know, the whole problem will uh, into 10 when you're talking about Asia. So, you know, that's the main reason why uh, we have first created our application so that, you know, we are not promising that we will give you, uh, give this to you because uh, that, uh, that will certainly, uh, you know, make people think that uh, they will rug pull and all, but still after creating the whole platform, uh, we are not even getting the trust because we are asking for the connecting wallet and stuff. So uh, if you have a white face in front of you, I mean, a Western face in front of you, that would be like a very easy deal. And, uh, and to be honest, you know, the the one major issue is that, uh, so uh, you have to, you know, I mean, you have to pay around a ETH to a moderator, right? If you want a moderator or a collab manager or something, right? Uh, uh, for a month, right? And that is like a huge amount uh, of, of, uh, from Asian perspective, right? So you can't have uh, that also. And even if you have, then the problem is that you don't know that uh, 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 you you can continue this because even if you, if you are taking a time of four to five months to launch a project, so you need someone for four to five months. That is around four to five Ethereum. And I would say four to five Ethereum is, I mean, that is uh, uh, more than uh, an average Indian earns in uh, three to four years, I would say. So that's where we are. So let's stay there for a second. I want people to hear and understand what you're saying, that that three to four Ethereum um, and and let alone when Ethereum was four thousand, five thousand uh, yeah. dollars. I mean, that's a, a, a the economies of scale. You're saying that for for an average Indian worker, that I mean, that could be three to four years of salary to to earn that same amount of money. So 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 you have okay. We've laid some of these things out. One, you have the fact that you have to work harder to earn trust from. The market because um, you don't have a Western and or a lighter face. Let's just put it on the table and call it what it is. Yeah. And then on top of it, 
the ability to to scale your team and and get quality people on your team to build something out is harder because the 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 cost for you to to hire people for you know an ethereum a month from like uh you know from uh, if you put that into a western perspective you're really talking about paying people a six figure salary you know and and so that would be you know i mean how many of these projects could have started in the west if that's what they were paying all their their people so the 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 cards are 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 very much the table is tilted and what i think is interesting is lost in this whole idea of decentralization is that shit is still not fair yeah <laughs> like it, it is not yes and from an artist perspective you can create art more equitably than you ever could before like if yeah. you're an artist in thailand or bali or nepal you can sell your art for 0.05 and it doesn't matter that you're there but on the dev side uh you know on the mod side are people being paid an equitable wage to do this type of work yeah. it is very much geographically bound to where you live for yeah. how much people are offering for these services so I, I think like you know in this whole like web three we're free we're owning shit all of this stuff is is fine and well but i think we also need to be very real there's still a lot of fucking inequities at play yeah. here yeah. with what's going on yes so so actually you know this is how it is i mean um, um i mean it's, uh, i i i mean you can say it's a unfair thing but this is how it is like even if if someone will come to me uh, saying that he's a collab manager like i mean now i am also kind of discriminating of course because you know if now someone uh, is coming to me and saying that um, uh, that he he could be a very good collab manager and if he's asian i might not hire him and if there is someone uh, who who is from west a lighter skin and uh, because you know um, that's a that's a benchmark of trust i would say you know that you know uh, uh, i i i trust more uh, on this face so um, uh, they might not rug it i mean uh, there there are plenty of uh, very good asian projects uh, which ha- which uh, which has been there but uh, but still like the entry point is uh, not very much matched with the western part um, yeah, but you know i i don't think that western people understand that you know in asia many instances you're paid depending on where your passport's from yes i don't think that western that it's legal to do this and that this is how it works you know wow. when you show and, and and it's different per different country but you know if i show up with my american passport and i'm going to do the same work um one you know uh having worked in the international school sector i can say most definitely there is the the you know the the lighter your skin is um the more hireable you are yes. uh and and that these things really do exist in current day and it's straight up out there and yeah. overt it's not like in america where it's no one would ever talk about it because they'd get sued it's just the way it is yeah so i do think that these systems existing within web3 are a real problem and mm-hmm. and and so i mean you've really silenced laid out some of the huge barriers you said one you know um the trust factor from operating out of the east is lower. I have to work harder to get people's trust to connect their wallet, etc. Two, the the cost to employ is hard and you've even been uh open and transparent enough to say that it's really difficult to to not participate within that system because you know you're looking at it from a founder's perspective on how do you get more people to trust your app. And yeah. so man, um what you know, what do you think 
some of the ways that to make this is it possible to make it more equitable than it is now in your opinion i mean yes uh, i mean um, so i remember in 2021 60% of the you know open sea views i was just going through some statistics and i remember that 60% of views are coming from us right so uh um in 2021 right but uh, in 2022 uh, there are uh, various regional uh, nft markets uh which is coming in also in india there's something called wazirx which is kind of famous so you will see uh nfts uh, like you know nfts there so uh, now you have to understand this okay that suppose you are making an art in a month and you are selling it for a uh 4.5 ethereum okay i'm just uh, you know giving an example uh, you're selling it for 0.5 ethereum and in india someone has created a art for a month and they're selling it for 0.05 ethereum okay i'm sure they would be more happy than you uh, selling it for 0.5 ethereum because uh, you know uh, that 0.05 ethereum is enough uh, for uh, you know um, i mean 0.05 ethereum is the amount uh, which can uh, keep going uh, keep you going for a month uh, if you're, you know, if you're, a, uh, if you're alone and stuff like, so, uh, so yeah. the economies of scale are very, very different. Yeah. And so it is, it is really, I think like it is very powerful and inspiring to think of like the, the ability for an artist in a lesser developed country to be able to monetize their art and, and to be able to not just make money, but make, make great money. Yeah. comparatively speaking yes. more money than they make as an artist than they would at a bank or or working kind of like a normal you know what i would describe an eight to four job mm-hmm. um but on the on the founder side and on the dev side you know we're still and and i think that's you know part of this clamoring for people to be undoxed mm-hmm. is yes. that you have to understand that from an eastern perspective and from an asian perspective you also don't want your pay to get sliced in 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 seven by 70% because they find out you're in East Asia and now they want to pay you less because of where you're from. So all, all of this is uh, it's, it's, it's really exciting on the artist side, but it's also really challenging on, on the dev side. And, you know, I I think that we we're going to have to try to create some more equitable pathways for people to to participate on the building side and all the builders of 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 web3 apps can't come from the west it's just not practical or logical yeah uh, and yeah i i, I want to add one more thing that you know uh, from the dev side the one more uh, issue is that i mean it's not an issue i mean it's a good thing that you know that's the reason why you know uh, um so you know before creating cyber tribe i have researched on, on many projects like you know the metaverse project and you will be amazed to know that you know uh, uh, the, the the face might be western but the the development team is like almost every time uh, is an asian team who are developing like the projects and stuff i mean uh, that's what i have seen that uh, because of course like uh, uh, if you will pay me 50 ethereum that would be enough uh, for you know for uh, my team of 10 people to survive for a year i would say you know that's how it is so uh, uh, i think that's why you know i mean uh, i really think that nothing has been changed uh, still the work has been outsourced uh, and uh, that's how it is uh, but uh, yeah for the artist i think it's a it's a boon because uh, you know uh, because uh, um, for an art people are seeing just art you know, and uh, not like uh, your face. And I mean, uh, that's uh, that factor is still there, but still, if your art is too good, like people will uh, tend to buy it. 
Yes, but but I think what we have raised is is part of the reason why we have to be very honest that doxing is is far far much more advantageous for a Western person than for an Eastern person. Yes. It it really you have a lot. You don't really have anything to lose in the West by doxing as a founder. You do have things to lose in terms of how much you're paid, how you're perceived if you're doxing and you're from from the Eastern part of the world. So, uh, Silence, I want to thank you. This has been a lot of fun to record. I hope people have found the conversation to be insightful and honest, and and I hope it starts some conversation. Uh, I, I definitely think people should check out Cybertribe. I'm going to put a link. Um, in the show notes anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap up today yeah i just uh, i just want uh, people to know that uh, <clears throat> like uh, the projects might come and go uh, but uh, you know uh, i mean uh, the, the whole system how uh, i mean i won't say got corrupted but i i really think that uh, that entry point has been uh, now low for the web3 because anyone can create an nft and get into this so i really think that uh, uh, 2023 and 2024 by this time, uh, you will see a lot of Asian projects inside. Uh, from uh, because you know, uh, because after after a dev uh, getting enough money for two to three years, what he or she will do, they will create their own project, and uh, th- that will be surely better than what they have created for the client. I mean, that's what I felt because I have created many projects. Like uh, so, basically, you know, we are we are mainly working in virtual exhibition space. So we create uh, virtual exhibitions for HP, Amway, and uh, uh, and those. But you know, when I am creating Cybertribe, I have like uh, doubled down my whole uh, work and stuff. So I really think that could be one reason that uh, from the dev perspective, it would be a, a nicer year, twenty twenty three. So so the you know the the investment and the 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 work opportunities for devs and the money earned will allow them to incubate and create their own Correct. projects at, at scale. Yeah, that's a that's a positive way to end this and wrap this up on uh, silence. I want to thank you for joining me. Where can people find more info about Cybertribe? Uh, we are uh, we are on Twitter. We are on Discord. Like, uh, just drop us a message. I I I personally love when uh, you know some messages come, some bu- some bug report comes. Like it it like because you know if, if some bug report is coming spoken it may- like a true dev silence <laughs> yeah no one else would say i love when a bug report comes but yeah. uh that that is that is uh beautiful and a sickness at the same time uh yeah. you it means you get to fix something so yeah. that's cool listen i want to thank you for joining me uh i hope people dig this episode and uh, i hope people check out cyber tribe as well thanks so much silence have a good day bye-bye Hope you enjoyed this episode of NF Teach with my guest Silence. We'll be back bringing you another episode next week, as well as Aspen Scambusters at 12 Central on Thursday. Um, that's it. Dr. Jeremy signing off, saying take care of yourselves and each other. Peace.